Okay, let's begin. Parshas Bo, Tafshin, Ayin, Zayin, as we start the jam-packed trilogy of Parshios from Yitzhiya Mitzrayim to Kriyas Yamsov to Maimon Arsinai. As what stands in front of us, Bo, Bishalach, and Yisro. Jam-packed as we start Parshas Bo, the ninth Parshas Bo that we get to discuss together, Tafshin, Ayin, Zayin, and we'll start off with a thought that we mentioned four or five years ago, just a little uh, nugget, a little gematria that was mentioned by the Balaturim, and we'll start off with that again. Says the Balaturim, uh, we know the conversation that Paro finally, after so many makos in Perak Yud, Pasiches, he finally gives in somewhat, and he says, okay, Moshe, who do you want to go? Who do you want to go? By Yushavis, Moshevis, Aaron, El Paro, by Yomar, Alehem, Lechu Abdu Hashem, Lokechem. Fine, go serve your God. Mi va mi aolchim, who's going? Moshe, Moshe answers, Binarenu, Uviz Kenenu, Nelech, with our young, with our old, Bivanenu, Bivnosenu, Bivsonenu, Vikarenu, our children, our animals, everyone. Kichag Hashem Lanu is our Chag, and we'll get to Hashem the deeper idea of that Pasika in a minute. But says the Balaturim, Mi va mi haolchim. What exactly is meant by Miva Mi, who's going? So, suggest the Baal Haturim that Miva Mi Ahochim is Gematria, Kalev Ubenun. Meaning, Paro is deeply asking, if we want to say that Nizrak Bo, Nivuaksas, Paro is saying, why do you want to leave anyway? None of you are going to make it in. Only two men are going to make it into Eretz Israel anyway. Kalev and Benun. And Yeshua Benun. Everyone else I see in my in the stars, Paro looks into the stars and sees different things. I only see two of you going in. Miva Miahochim. So why do you want to leave? You're not going to make it there anyway. And what does Moshe answer? Binarenu uvizkenenu nelech. No, no, no. The Xera is only on the 20 to 60. Binarenu, the younger ones, uvizkenenu nelech, meaning everybody, Lonigzra Xera, on the older and the younger, and therefore... Paro, we don't care about your uh, future horoscopes telling us we all want to go right now. Okay, Balaturim, Miva Mia Hochim, Kalev Ubinun, it all works out in Akamatria. But now let's get to a deeper idea relating to this Pasik. On Miva Miha Hochim, there is a Medrash Plia, which we'll see inside by Hashem soon is quoted in the middle of source number two. But the Medrash Plia says, if you want to uh, look at the the Medrash, it's quoted on line 27 in source number two. Hadahu dechsiv mi yahaleh bahar Hashem umi yakum bimkom chadshel. Mi mi When Paro asks, mi mi. So who's going? It's an allusion to what David HaMelech says, the two me's. Mi yahaleh bahar Hashem. Who goes up? Who is ready to go up on the mountain of God? Umi yakum bimkom chadshel. Who could stay there on the mountain? And this is a Medrash Pliya, because Ma'inyan, what exactly is Paro referring to? What are the Bali HaMedras trying to tell us by connecting the Pasuk that we say every Sunday morning? It's a, it's a word play. It says me twice in each of the Psukim. Right? What exactly is the message, the connection between Mi Vamiyahochim and Mi Yala Bahar Hashem Umiyakum Question number one. Question number two. Let's look at Moshe's answer for a minute. So Moshe answers, We're going with everybody. One would think, if Moshe was answering who's going, he would say first, our elders, our zakenim, our mechubadim, and the kids are also going to come. 
And yet Moshe says exactly the opposite. He puts the kids first. What's the message? What's the deeper idea that Moshe Rabbeinu is saying? And he even emphasizes it. What exactly is the message of that? So we mentioned many years ago the Klayakar, which we're not going to review again, who emphasizes this Pasuk having to do with the importance of family. Anybody have a Simcha the Shabbos? This is the Klayakar right here is uh, what could be mentioned. Our holidays aren't just for the men in their temples. Our holidays include families. The Simchas Yantif. The entire family. That, if you remember the Klayakar from a number of years ago. But this year, we'll ask him the question of the order. Why is Binarenu before Bizkeinenu? Says former Chief Rabbi Lau, Yisrael Mayor Lau, in his commentary on Pirkei Avos. On the Mishnah, source number two. On the Mishnah, I didn't give you the Mishnah because he discusses the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Havikal l'rosh v'noach l'tishchoret. Most Mishnahites and Pirkei Avos are pretty easy to translate. Once in a while you get a Mishnah and you say, what does that Mishnah mean? What do the words mean? So this is one of them. So what does that mean? So Pashas Rosh means Generally, most Mepharshim say it means older and younger. Rosh and Tishchoret have to do with ages. What's the Pshat? Let's see Rabbi Lau now in his, in his commentary. What's the Pshat of the Mishnah? And then we will able, be able to understand Moshe Rabbeinu's or Paro's exclamation and Moshe Rabbeinu's answer. Says Rabbi Lau. Lafi Hasbury bases it on a Rashi and a Bartanura. He says the Rosh and Tishchorit are two stages of our life. Tkufas Rosh Yemei Abachrus. That's the younger years. Shehem Yizman HaHaschala Vaharashis. Rosh is when we're younger, when we're putting ourselves on a trajectory, when we are aligning ourselves with how we want the good habits that we want to get ourselves in, in life. And in this stage, and hopefully this stage lasts for many, many years, we have all of our strength, and we all have our kochos, and we're pushing. That's number one. That's the Rosh, the head, the beginning. And then we have, Kishakfar hishchiru panav. For the word shachar, we've been blackened, we've been darkened. We're not as fresh as we once were. Meirov amal umitishishut aguf. We're a little, we're a little worn out, right? Leizikna. So says the, and that's what Shlomo Amalek refers to in, in Koheles. Hayaldus vahashachrus hevel. When we're younger, when we're older. He says the same word. Tishchored is is talking about the shachrus. Imkain says, says Rabbi Lea, what's the pshat of the Mishnah? Omeris HaMishnah, Havikal L'Rosh, Bereshis Darkecha, Be'otcha Bachur, Havikal. In our younger years, when we still have all of our strength, we got to be quick. We got to act with alacrity. We got to be a Zariz. We got to jump. We got to push. We got to accomplish. We always got to be moving. Zariz V'charetz, Lasos Ritzon Choncha. And if we do that, and if we get into good habits as we're younger, when we all have all of our kochos, so then when it's even a little harder for us, and it's more difficult, and we're at another age and stage of life, it'll be Noach. It'll be Noach L'Tishchores. Dog L'Kach Sheruach HaMakom Teinocha Mimcha Gam Bimei HaShachros Bimei And he says, right, Zeh Talui Bazeh. 
If a person is kalarosh, it's not just separately. Be a zariz when you're younger and have nachas ruach with Hashem when you're older. It'll be both if we live our lives in a way that we get into good habits throughout our lives. Kalarosh. Zariz b'malecha shemayim b'tziruso memela. I'm going to be talit noach l'tishcharet because lo kalich moshes ayetzer b'miuchal lo begil miskadem. We have a lot of challenges. The yitzahara, the taiva is stronger when we're younger. Achim ha'adam maschil kvar begil tsa'ir lehisayavekum enatzeach. But at a young age, when we if we fight and we try. And we strengthen ourselves and we condition ourselves even in the years when we have more koach to maybe be distracted. So then when we get to a later stage at an older, more mature age, it becomes second nature. And that's the pshat even of the of the to ourselves. If we're b'chanich ourselves when we're b'na'ar, so then as we get older, we will be into we will be into proper habits, and then just skip. Let's skip for a minute before we get back to the pshat of what he uh, says in our in our psukim. If you turn the page, and he continues after he talks about Paro and and uh, and Moshe, he says on line thirty three. Imagine somebody who davens his whole life with a minion every day. Somebody, it's harder. Somebody goes to Minyan and all of a sudden somebody has a problem with their legs. His children will say, it's okay. You'll dive it at home. If somebody's used to going to Minyan all their life, they won't be able to take it. They don't, they're not looking for an excuse. They're not looking for the easy way out. They, this is who I am. No. We got to figure out a way to do this. It's terrible. In the snow and the rain, right? Like the Bali Musr say, the Pazak says, the, the, the phrase, We have to go to Hashem, right? The Shul, so it's a good vart to say in the, in the winter, Barad, Re'em, right? Lightning, Gimel, Geshem, Shin, Sheleg, right? In all weather. But basically, I'm not Baragash. You gotta go whatever way. So if somebody's used to that attitude in life, then if, if it gets to a certain stage where it's difficult, I, I won't, I won't take it. Somebody puts on tefillin every day and one day they can't put on tefillin. They, they won't be able to handle it because we have to make it second nature. If it's Kalarosh, that Noach Litishchoret, Kamochain, we know, line 39, Kasharofi Koveil Adam Zakain, Shalav Lechob Yom Kippur, Laman Bria, somebody says I have to eat on Yom Kippur. You know, the, the, the Yiddish neshama, even though Hawacha says I have to and I have to force myself to, because that's what the Torah demands, but it's not that we ever want to. It's not that a Jew would ever want. What do you mean? You don't want to eat? You have somebody on the street. Of course, great, great. You're sick, you can eat. No. Because it was Kalarosh, there's no way. There's no way that I'll stand for it. That's the mission in Perkiyavus. So now, says Rabbi Lau, let's get back to the conversation that Moshe Rabbeinu is having with Paro. So bottom again of source number two. The Medrash Plia. The Medrash Plia. Mi vami haholchim. Who's going, says Paro? Says the Medrash. Mi yala bahar Hashem. Umi yakum bim kob kacho. 
What is the connection between those two? Right at the bottom. Ein l'chora shum kesher rayoni. Bein advarim. How can we say that Paro in his question is saying, oh, who's Miyale? Who could be somebody who serves HaKadosh Baruch Hu so much? Miyale Bahar Hashem. Right? Paro, what's going on? Paro's asking an informational question. He's not giving some type of ideal. So says Rabbi Lau, no. Now let's go on the top, source number three. The other question. Why are Na'arim first? So he says on line nine, as we discussed a little bit last week, the Eser Makos, there was a process. Paro, little by little, and the Mitzrayim were all moving. Moving from a time period of, Mi Hashem, who is he? I don't know, I don't know, who is Hashem? To eventually a period of, leave, 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 very quickly. But all the way, he believes a little bit, a little bit more. You could go, then he takes it back. But it was a process. After two makos, I'll send him out. He's mode in the mitzias. He just denies it when it when it comes time. He continues and continues until finally, after now, maka number seven, he says, "Okay, who's going?" But he now he has a sense that there's a God out there. There's a God that makes demands. There's a God that wants avoda. There's a God that wants service. So Paro is getting various ideas. He maybe he's talking to some Jews. What does this God want? Shabbos, avoda zara. He starts starts realizing. So he asks Moshe, You know what he's asking? These Jews that are on the 49th level of Tumah, they're going to go to the Har Hashem. You expect them to all of a sudden commit to a life of 613 rules and regulations of do's and don'ts? You're dreaming, Moshe. You think people, these people are going to say it? How, how could he imagine Nasev and Ishma in just a few weeks later? That's what he's saying. So many obligations. Paro is saying, I'm learning a little bit about your God. There is no way that any of this group of, of slaves will want to be, live such an uplifted and spiritual life. You're not really going to serve this God. You just want to get out. None of you are going to do that. And therefore, I don't really believe you. What does Moshe Rabbeinu say? You're right, it's tough. It's challenging, but you know what? You know what we Jews do? We start young. If you start young and you get into good habits, then as we get older, we're conditioned to being an Evan Hashem. From where you see, you're an older man. Right? Who could be me, Alabar Hashem? It's possible to be like Rabbi Akiva and learn Aleph Bays when you're 40, but it's not so easy. We start at a young age, and then it gets to the older age, and that's how we serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? There's an unbelievable, if you think, he doesn't mention it, but you think about an unbelievable concept that we have in Yahadus that maybe there is no parallel in any other religion. The mitzvah of chinuch. Mitzvah of chinuch in mitzvahs. That's an unbelievable idea. What does that mean? Before the time of obligation, there's an obligation. 
there's an obligation upon the parents. Maybe it's on the children. Right? Lumdis is a chiv on the children, on the parents. But there's a concept. And there's even a concept that we're not allowed to fake out the children. Right? We can't give them literally a lemon for an esrog. Right? We have to do it in the way that it's always done. Because that's what we're about. We're about starting young, and that's how we get into good habits. We're mischanich. And that's how, right, the greatest of our leaders are called Talmud Chacham. Because we're always learning more. And we always have that attitude. And that's the conversation between Moshe and Paro. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu emphasizes again, Bivanenu, Bivnoseinu. That's what we are. And that's what he writes on the bottom. That's what Rabbi Yishmael, it's interesting that who says this? He doesn't emphasize this either. Yishmael, Rabbi Yishmael is the one that's saying this. Right? Alluding to the Yishmael in the, in the Torah. Havikala rosh, tavodas Hashem bakalus ubezrizus, kvar bereshus chayecha. If you serve Hashem well when you're young, so then, noach le tishchoris, it'll all, it would, it'll all be, uh, be good. This doesn't mean that if we didn't start earlier in life that we can't. Obviously. Every single day. Today is the first day of the rest of our life. So the earlier we start, the easier it'll be as we continue our lives. But that's the Mishnah in Perkiavos, and that's the conversation, the message that Moshe Rabbeinu is giving to Paro. Okay, moving right along. Let's learn a Medrash together. Medrash at the beginning of the Parsha, and try to figure out what exactly is the message of the Medrash. The beginning of the Parsha, about the Maka of Choshech. Again, Choshech, each of these Makos have so much. The, the unique Maka of Choshech, the philosophical question, is darkness just the absence of light? Or is darkness a Bria Bifne Atzma? The Ramban discusses maybe here is different than normal Choshech, which obviously it is. But let's see what the Medrash says. Source number four. Says the Medrash, Spread out your hand onto the heavens. This is referred to in Tehillim Kofei. Tehillim Kofei, if you look, David HaMelech talks all about the story of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim and the Makos. That parak in Tehillim. So the Pasuk that talks about Choshech is as follows. Shalach choshech vayachshich. Hashem sent darkness, and it became dark. Shalach choshech vayachshich. Vilomaru esdvaro. And it didn't rebel against his word. Who didn't rebel against God's word? Who are we talking about here? God said to do choshech, and it did choshech. Raboseinu amru. Al shalokiblu bimarus dvaro shalakadosh baruchu alehem. Somehow it's referring to the Mitzrayim. Maru, Maru from the word Maris, authority. They didn't accept God's authority. Okay, that's what Maru is Dvaro. Dabar Acher, second shot of the Medrash. Amr HaKadosh Baruch Hu L'Malachim. Hashem said to the angels, HaMitzrayim Ru'uyim L'Lkos B'Choshech. The Mitzrayim deserve Makas Choshech. Maka number nine. Miyad, his kimukulam kaachas. Immediately they all agreed. Sometimes there were mitrashim that there were machlokos between the angels. Should we create man? Should we not create man? At different times there were machlokos. Halalo of the Avadazara, halalo of the Avadazara, as Bashem will get back to soon. But here they all agreed. Okay, Choshech, got it. Velo himru, and they did not rebel against God. Ma'u shalach Choshech vayachshech. So what actually happened? What did the malachim do? What happened in the, in the, in the makkah? So lamad avadom, and the medrash gives a mashal. Which, by the way, we could already ask a question. Why would the Malachim have rebelled? What's the Havamina? Hashem said, let's do this. And the Malachim said, yes, go for it. And they, and they, and they did, like, should the, did the Malachim protest any other of the Makos? That the Medrash says that they didn't protest this Makkah? 
And also, what about the mashal? Let's read the mashal. Lamadavadome. Laadon shisarach alav avdo. A master whose servant sinned against him. He told somebody he deserves 50 lashes. Go give him 50 lashes. So he goes and gives him 100 lashes. Gives him double. And he adds on some. So to Hashem sent Choshech. And then there was an additional Choshech. That's the double Lashon in the Pasuk and Tehillim, Shalach Choshech, Vayachshech. What exactly does the Medrash mean? Hashem only wanted to do A, and instead he did B, there was double? What was the double? What was supposed to be? What were the Malachim getting upset about that they didn't get upset about? How are we supposed to understand the Makkah of Choshech? What are the Bali Medrash? These were the Tanoim, the Medrash Rabbah, the classic Medrash. There are many later Medrashim. Medrash Rabbah is the classic Medrash. Rashi looked at Medrash Rabbah. What exactly is the message of this, of this Medrash? Good. Let's see the words of the Beis HaLevi. Says the Beis HaLevi, source number five, we only have the Beis HaLevi on, on, on Breshas and Shmos. So we have to use it now before a couple of months from now when we'll have to wait till next year. Says the Beis HaLevi, source five, he quotes this Medrash. And then he has a couple of questions. Right, line 10. Lachara, as we ask, Eina Muvan, Eina Mashal, Eina Nimshal. What's the message? Hamashal Ba'atzmo Mokshe, Heich Yocholios, Kshe Yosef Evan Amelech Hatzivu Yosho Melech, V'yake Yosef Midaz Atzmo. In the Mashal, how could, it, how could the servant give more lashes? Double the lashes. What's going on here? That's Maver al Daito from the, uh, from the master. So he says, let's explain. Bottom right, line 28. V'ha Inyan. In every country in the world, there are rules. There are rules to what happens if people do things wrong. Most of the time, most rules aren't about if people do things right. Right? Most rules, we spoke, the Maharal writes about this in one of his svarim. General rules, but they did him in courts, they're not out to give presents for people who are, make great right turns and stop fully at the stop sign. Right? They only punish those who don't. Right? But that's, that's the way it is. So, there are rules. And anybody who violates any of the laws, Second column. So let's say, for anybody who does this, he's fine this amount. This, everything's recorded. Everything's recorded in the rules. And there are people who know the rules, and they know exactly what happens. And if somebody violates, then they get the punishment. It's not like the policeman has to go ask the president every time he's going to find somebody for a, park, for a uh, traffic ticket, you know, how much, what should I do? It's written, it's known. You park here, you have to pay this. You, you speed this amount, you have to... It's no, we, we know all the rules. We don't have to ask the king why, have, what to punish. But what happens one time? What happens if one time somebody violated uh, a sin of, against the king? And it says in the books, he's supposed to get 50 lashes. The king comes over to the punisher to the one who's going to give the makas and says, go give him 50 lashes. How is the punisher 
supposed to understand that. Is the king reiterating or is the king adding? It already says 50 on the books. It already says that's the rules that you get. The king comes over and says, give him 50. Is that just reiterating what it says on the books? Or is that adding? Not so clear. Not so clear. But the mamune, the appointed one, figures out, well, why would the king say it to me? Right? If he says it to me, it must be that he wants to add. It must be, he assumes that it's supposed to be double. This violator doesn't only get what's written on the books, but it must be extra. And that's what he does, that's what he guesses. That's the medrash of Hamishim Mishelo. If the king tells him 50, when he already knows that he's supposed to give him 50, and he does 100, because he understood that that's what the Melech wanted. That's what the, the machlit, the one who ultimately made the decisions. That's the marshal. Now, says the Beis HaLevi, we get to the Nimshah. The Beis HaLevi wasn't just an unbelievable Tamar Chacham and brisker and father of Reb Chaim. He had drushes. He had drushes. So he said, he's the Medrash. So, let's get to the Nimshah, the Mitzrayim. Why was Choshech? Where did the Choshech, the darkness, come from? That's the next line of the Medrash. You can look back in source number four, the end of the Medrash, but the Beis HaLevi quotes it. One of the opinions is that the Choshech in Mitzrayim was from Gehenim. The Choshech that was supposed to be in the future, the punishment of being in such darkness that was brought to the Mitzrayim when they were still alive. Each one of them, Mida Kenegad Mida, Magialahem, they deserved a certain level of Choshech. But you know what Hashem said? Give him Choshech. So not only did they have the normal Choshech, that their actions of killing all the Jews over the years and causing suffering, not only was that Choshech supposed to come to them, but then all of a sudden Hashem commands the Makkah of Choshech. And what happens? Shalach Choshech, Vayachshech. And there's a double. And there's super Choshech. Umishamachi hilkam ha-Choshech shnei pa'amim, ma'ashin itztava ka'es. That's the double lashon of Choshech. That's the intensity of the Choshech. Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded in a double way. And that's the pshat of the Pasik of David HaMelech. Velo maru esdvaro. They didn't rebel by giving double because they understood what HaKadosh Baruch Hu meant. They understood that even though there's a certain level of Midah Kenegad and Midah, Hashem needed to teach the world and teach the Mitzrayim and the Jews and everyone. This is Makkah number nine. Remember, there's going to be a climax very soon. Makkah number nine can't just be a regular Midah Kenegad and Midah. It's got to be a powerful showing of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's Koach. And that's why it's Vayachshich. And that's why they didn't rebel, because this is how they understood. That's the Mesalevi helping us to understand this intense darkness is not just a merida, but it's a hosafa to the onish. Okay, moving right along. A little more choshech. A little more choshech. Says Rashi. Perak Yud Pasach What happens? Rashi tells us how long was choshech. 
Let's read the Pasik. There was Choshech for three days. Choshech shall ofel, Rashi says. Three days, they couldn't see each other. Says Rashi, Why Choshech? Rashi does not go through every single Makkah to tell us what the purpose was. The Midrashim do. But Rashi says it here by Choshech. Why Choshech? Shehayu bi Yisrael ba'osu adar rishayim v'lo hayarotim latzeis u'meitsu b'shloshes yimei afeila. There were those Jews that didn't want to leave. They didn't want to leave. They were happy. Well, they were happy with what they were. Where they were. They liked being tortured. They liked being. They didn't have that that trust. They didn't have that. Be t- well, in the desert, that's going to be better for us. We're all going to die there. At least here we have food. And they died. But so that the Mitzrayim don't see all the Jews dying, the Yomer Avheim Lokim Kamonu. Reason number one. And the reason number two, so they can look in their, in their cabinets and know exactly where the, where the items were from. So one second, let's think about this for a minute. As the Rashi says at the beginning of next week's parsha, four fifths. 80% of the Jewish nation died in Makas Choshech. That's what Chazal say on Vachamushim. That's unbelievable. Millions. Millions. Because how many Jews went out? Two million. That's an unbelievable tragedy. We've spoken about that in the past too. But let's read the words of Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. Line number four. I don't understand. They ever, even the ones that went out were on the 49th level of Tumah. So how much worse could everybody else be? Everybody, the best ones were on the 49th level of Tumah. And they, and they were out over the Avodah Zarah. So what happened here? Who died? And who lived? Shari Matsinu Shetanu. Don't we know the Malachim tied it anyway? Halalu of the Avodah Zarah. Halalu of the Avodah Zarah. Haresha HaMalachim Lohayu Yecholon Liros. Shum Hevdel Ben Yisrael Mitzrayim. The Malachim even, we're not talking about even people, the angels could not see the difference between the Jew and the Egyptian. The Yimkein Madua Mesu Dafka Rishayim Elu Vulokala Rishayim. So why did only 80% die if they all were over the Avodah Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, you know what you see from this Makkah? You know what the Nechama of this Makkah is? Venire. First he says, answers the question, and then he says the message for us. Venera, you know who Hashem chose? Mishum she'elu ha'yerotzim la'akev b'yedehem shel ha'acherim ilatzeis. Not only did the people who died not want to go, they didn't want anybody else to go. They wanted to prevent Am Yisrael from leaving. Deheim Sabru, they thought, look, 400, 400 is not up yet. So I've been 210. 400, ah, it says, that's the magic words, okay, but... What ha- it's been, there's been eight makas already. You still don't believe. It wasn't just the Egyptians. Heim savu she mikivan she kabbalah biyadam she ishtab du dalon meoshana emken adain lo yizman akets upachadu shem yatsu kodem azman. Maybe something's going to happen. They were nervous. They were overly nervous. I heard recently the word daaga, the word worry, are four out of the first five letters of the aleph base. In the word da'aga, you have a dalit, you have an aleph, you have a gimel, you have a hey. What are you missing? You're missing the base. You're missing the bitachon. Because if we had the proper bitachon, then we wouldn't have the da'aga. And they had the da'aga. Hey, mitan Because they wanted to prevent everyone else from going out. 
But HaKadosh Baruch Hu knew, and this is the Nechama, Hashem could see into our insides. Hashem knows exactly where we stand and what we believe and what makes us tick. And He could tell the 20% that didn't have that attitude. That we're over the Avodah Zarah, but He believed in us. And He knew that we were different. Even more than the angels. He could tell that where we were in seven weeks, we could be standing on our Sinai. We could be unbelievable. Even the angels couldn't figure this one out. Until HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to prove it to them, as we'll see, Be'ezus Hashem soon. But that's the message we take from everybody. So many Jews, four-fifths dying, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu believed in the 20%, and that's who we come from. We come from the 20% that believed that even through the darkness, and even losing four-fifths of their generation, they still kept their emunah, and it's time to go out. And he says, I gave you the next column, is he references what he writes in next week's Parsha. In Parsha's Bashalach, the same thing. At Yamsuf, the Malachim say, why are you saving them? Says the Medrash, Bizchus, where it's underlined, Bizchus atzmosav shal Yosef, nikra lahem aman liyisrael. Hadau dechsev, hayam ra'a vayanos. We mentioned that Medrash in the past. Hayam Ra, what did the Yam see? Aronosho Yosef. Yosef's bones, Vayanos and the Yam split. What we say every, every, uh, Hallel. Maha Kesher, what's the connection between Yosef's bones and Kriyas Yamsuf? So some of the Bali Musars say, oh, they both acted against nature. It's against nature to overcome Yosef, and it's against nature for the water to split. Okay, they both went against the, against the, uh, the natural occurrence. But Rabbi Yaakov here says it's a little deeper. Mesiris Nefesh. Ubir Divriya Medrash Mistaver, line 9. Mishum Shibbe Emes Hanisa Azuai Sa Mesiris Nefesh Mamish. The Mesiris Nefesh of Yosef being seduced every single day by the wife. And who's going to say? And he knows when he runs away, she's going to make up a story. And he knows his shirt was left there. And he knows he might sit in jail. And he might not ever come out. And he's giving up everything now. And yet he's ready to do it. He's Moser Nefesh. He sees his father's face in the, in the window. That's it. That's what, that's what we have and we needed Bishas Kriyas Yamsuf. Because Yosef implanted within us the power of Mesiris Nefesh. The power, and, I, and the Malachim didn't see it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees within inside of us the Koach of every Jew. He sees the Koach, a young, young, uh, somewhat young, 17 and then older, in the house of Potiphar, and HaKadosh Baruch who knows that we could do it. And just like he saw it in Mitzrayim, he saw it at Kriyas Yamsuf by remembering Yosef. That's the message of Makas Choshech. That's the message of the Malachim arguing, and Hashem says, I know the difference. And just to add, go back to the last paragraph. In the first column, says Rabbi Yaakov talking right after World War II. It says in the footnotes there, Imagine what the Jews were thinking when they woke up. Not when they woke up. 
After three days, after three days, they spent their, well, we think the three days, they went around and they found the, everything in the, uh, in the cupboards. They were probably burying a lot of people during those three days. Shari Rohim, Aim Shisrael, Lokim Yosem Nemitzrayim. Shebemeshe Gimel Yom, Emesu Yosem, Ibez Milyonim Gvarim. Lovan Mitafan Hashem Ezzakein. And they didn't know. Ubevadai. They must have been thinking, what is Hashem doing? Vizeo Nechamatenu Bematzav Zeh. And here, in our generation after the Holocaust, we're in the same state. But you know what happened then? Just a little bit afterwards, there was the Geula. So that's what we have to take with us. Shona Misramin. There's difficulties. There are so many things in the world. Obviously the Shoah. But even since the Shoah, there are still tragedies. We don't understand, but it must be, says Rabbi Yaakov, Mash Masha Anukrovin Geula. And that's what, it, that's what we believe, and that's what we daven for, and that's what we hope for. That's Rabbi Yaakov, again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, seeing our insides, and the message of, in the darkness, we know that Geula is just around the corner. Okay. Perek Yudbeis. Perek Yudbeis in Sefer Shmos, as we know, is the Perek that Rashi in Prashia said that the Torah should have started off with this. But the first national mitzvah that we receive Hachodesh, Hazel Lachem, Rosh Chadashim, Rishonu Lachem, Luchache Hashana. The mitzvah of Kedesh Hachodesh, the mitzvah of time given to us, the Svarno, we have Mitzius Chem HaBechiri, right? We are in control of time, we set the calendar. Says the Nitziv. Says the Nitziv in source number 8 in the Hemek Dover. A deeper idea of Hachodesh Hazel Lachem. This month is yours. As compared to other months, as compared to other nations, what does it mean that this month is ours? Sounds like other months belong to other nations. What does Nisan this month symbolize, and what do the other months symbolize? Says the Nitziv, Rosh Rosh Chadashem, Rosh Mashmao Kama Pa'amim Muvchar. Rosh means chosen. Kimo Me Rosh Peroso Ye. The pasuk in Tvarim. Lachem means it's the chosen month. What does that mean? Rosh means chosen, special, and it's Lachem and it's yours. What makes Nisan special? That's the month that's being discussed. What makes Nisan different? Ukimo says the Nitziv, Tishrei and Nisan, as we know, are both Rosh Hashanahs. They're both beginnings as the Mishnah describes at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. But if you remember the Mishnah and the Gemara there, there's a difference between Malche Yisrael and Malche Akum. Which month? Yisrael goes by, Tish, by Tishrei. I'm sorry, by Nisan. And other nations go by Tishrei. Why? What's the difference? What is Tishrei and what is Nisan? Says the Nitziv, Tishrei is Brias HaOlam. Tishrei is the physical world. Tishrei is Teva. The world was created on Aleph Tishrei, or even earlier, man was created on Aleph Tishrei, Chathael before, but either way, the month of Tishrei symbolizes Briasa Olam, symbolizes the natural world. And once that's in the nature, the Mahus of Tishrei, it was created like that, so that's what it's about forevermore. It's about nature. If something is created 
on a certain day, then it's in that day, in the power of that day forever. And that's why nations of the world, let's say, would go by Tishrei, the physical, natural world. Umizeatam, and he quotes, that's why we make a bracha on Eish, on Mosi Shabbos, because that's when Eish was created. And therefore there's something unique about this fire than there is about the fire the rest of the week. The Chulu. But Nisan's different. Nisan's nace. Nisan is Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It's when Am Yisrael was created through the greatest period of Nisim, as the Ramban writes at the end of our Parsha, I'm not going to do it again, where the Ramban says, Ein la'adam chelik b'daras Moshe Rabbeinu. We don't have a chelik in Taras Moshe unless we believe our whole existence is nace. But that's what Nisan symbolizes. The first Nisan was with Nisim, and that's what Nais is. You know what this Pasuk is saying, says the Nitziv? Jews do not live through Teva. HaChodesh Hazeh Lachem. This month of Nisan, this month of the miraculous, that's Lachem, that's you. Jews are not subject to the natural world. As the Gemara says, Ein Mazel L'Yisrael. It doesn't make sense that a little, the one Jewish country is surrounded by billions of Arabs, that the Jew throughout history, so many nations have come and gone, and the Jew is still here. You know why? Because HaChodesh Hazez Lachem, Rosh Chadashim. It's the unique month. The Kachodesh Nisa, Notzra Barishona, Skulas, Am Hashem, B'Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. Al-Kain, that is why, says the Nitziv, Oso HaChodesh, Misugal, we talk about it every year. We review it every year. That's what Nisan's about. And that's why, if you think about it, it's amazing that the Gemara in Megillah, out of a number of Gemaras, the Gemara in Megillah tells a story or various conversations where students ask their Rebbeim, what, what gave you Arichas Yomim? How do you get Arichas Yomim? So, without looking, what would we have said, right? If you see people interviewed on the, uh, you know, on the radio, you hear them, you know, what, what's your secret of longevity? I drank a cup, two cups of coffee every day. I exercised this. All these different things about health. I, I ate this, even though you think it's not healthy. I think it is healthy. All these different things. So, what do these great rabbis say in Megillah? So, what do they say? I was the first one in the base Medrash every day. That's Bameharach Yamim. Right? I never ran through the shul for a shortcut. Loasiti kapadar, that gives you arichas yamim. Right? I never did Nasias Kapayim without a bracha. Right? Rabbi Preda, what do you do? Right? Everybody, everybody gave. I, I, I always saved over some, some wine from Kiddush for Abdullah. All different. What's going on here? This gives arichas yamim? The answer is, hachodesh azelachem. Right? We're not tali on teva. We're totally on Torah and mitzvahs. We say it twice a day. What's going to happen? Rain is dependent on our actions. What does the, the rain has to do with the atmosphere? It has to do with the clouds and the wind. That's not what we believe. Says the Hamak Davar. By Nisan, Nisan, that's Achodesh Azelachem, Rosh Chadashim, says the Nitziv. Okay. Now let's get into the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim itself. I don't know if I've ever quoted inside, I don't remember, Hashem Shmuel, but here it is. Says the 
Pasuk. Let's see the Pasuk first. Pasuk, Perak Yubes, Pasuk Yud Gimel. So Hashem is describing what's going to be. I'm going to pass through on the night of Makas Becharos, that faithful Wednesday night, right, of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. You're going to shech their God, you're going to shech the Karim Pesach, you're going to put the blood on the door. I'll see the blood. Okay, I'll see the blood. Says the Mechilta. Source number 10. Viras Adam, I'll see the blood. Umechilta, ze dam ha'akeda. I'll see the blood. That's the blood of the Akeda. Even though there was no blood of the Akeda. But there almost was blood of the Akeda. Ask the Shemi Shmuel. What is the connection between the blood of the, on the door of the Karben Pesach and the blood of the Akeda. So based on the Pasuk, he quotes, Uvechein. We'll start with the Tanad Ve'elio. We've quoted this before. Tanad Ve'elio says, line 8, Chayiv Adam Lomar, Masai Yagiyu Masai, Lomasei Avosai. We always have to ask ourselves, when are my actions touching the actions of my forefathers? Says the Shemi Shmuel. We have an unbelievable zchus called zchus avos. Unbelievable, right? Three times a day we say, we invoke it. Elokei Avraham, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov. V'zocher chastei avos. What does that have to do with me? We're connecting to the avos. We want zchus avos. Says the Shemi Shmuel. The only way you could get zchus avos is if you mimic the avos. If we act like the avos, that triggers the schus avos. If we reject their lifestyle, then why should we be zochet to the schus avos? Says the Shemi Shmuel, Imrotzin la'orer schus avos, tzrichin la'asos maise, sheti al-kapanim negiyah b'maseim. We don't have to be exactly like them. But at least, as he quotes from his, uh, the great-grandfather, the Kutzker, at least Masai Yagiyu, from the Lashon of Negiyah, touching. They're up there, but as long as my, my actions are touching those actions, they're following on the same path, then that's when I could trigger and invoke the Schus Avos. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to fulfill his promise to Avram Yisrael and Yaakov. He wants to take out the Jews. He wants to bring them and continue Jewish history. He needs the trigger for Schus Avos, for Akedas Yitzchak. How do I do it? I saw the blood on the door. What's the blood on the door? They took the God of the Egyptians and shechted it and put the blood outside, risking their lives. Mesiris Nefesh? That's Masayagiyu Masayavosai. That's connecting. What does the Mechotah say? Zedam Hakeda. That's Akeda blood. You got to do something that's similar to the Akeda. And that's exactly what happened here. Maseh ben Mesiris Nefesh. The Mesiris Nefesh of taking Toavas Mitzrayim and putting it on the doorpost, not worrying that the Egyptians would stone them. That in their own way is their own Maisah HaAkeda and Shaper HaYem Ores Chus HaAkeda Vehavein. And that's what you have to understand, says the Shei Mishmuel. Again, mimic the Avos, we get Chus Avos. And we have to have Masa Yagiyu Masa the Masa Yavosai. We mentioned years ago, but it has to do with the same Medrash, so I brought it for you, where Shechter has in his Psicha, Tebi'ikve Hatzon, in source number 11, an expansion of that idea, of Masa Yagiyu Masa the Masa Yavosai. He also quotes the idea from the Bali Musr, that what does it mean, Masa Yagiyu? It has to be touching. 
my actions have to be touching. But he even expands upon it and says, not just that, I can't, I can't imagine that I'm going to be just like my Zayda and just like my great-great-grandfather. At least I should be able to touch. Says Rav Shechter, sometimes it's not only that, oh, I can't, but maybe I shouldn't. Because explains Rav Shechter on line 11 now, source 11, line 11. Torah never changes, but the application of Torah changes. And if we try to do the exact same thing that happened in earlier generations, then that might not be doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be Masai Yagiyu Masai. We're supposed to be a Hemshech but not exactly a carbon copy. And he gives a beautiful uh, example. Beautiful example from the Marsha. From the Marsha, we know Yeshua ben Nun, after he came in, after Yericho, he made a rule that nobody should take from the spoils of Yericho. Nobody should take from the spoils of Yericho. And we know the story that somebody took and they went to attack Ai and they were killed and eventually they found out it was Achan. Terrible. A number of Jews died. The question that the Gemara is bothered by in Sanhedrin is that Moshe Rabbeinu also made a cherem on the spoils. Nobody's allowed to take the spoils. So Yeshua wasn't commanded, but he just did whatever Moshe did. So how could you fault Yeshua Benun? He did the same thing. Explains the Marsha. He quotes it on line 30, 31. No, no, no. There's a big difference between the days of Moshe and the days of Yeshua. Since coming into Eretz Yisrael, remember what kicks in? Call Yisrael Arevim Zelazeh. There's a concept of arvus, which means if one person messes up, the entire nation is going to be held accountable. So maybe it was a good idea in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, but it's not a good idea in the days of Yeshua ben Nun. Not every single thing that my great-great-great-grandfather did is appropriate for today. right? I have to figure out what the Torah wants for me today. And how do I know that? I have to ask the Gdolim. I have to ask the, the Myrabeim. I have to ask people who, who, who have the... the Halachic insight and the, in the, the instinctive nature of what the Torah wants in every generation. And therefore, says, uh, says the Maharsha on that Gemara in Sanhedrin, Dapem Dalid, that was the problem. Or we had a few, we had a few months ago, right? Yisrael Gavinu wants to go down to Mitzrayim by the famine. Why? Because his father went down to Mitzrayim by the famine. What does the Kodesh Baruch Hu say? No, 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 you can't leave. No, you're in Ola Tamima. So Yisrael almost made a mistake. Yitzchak was going to do the exact same thing that Avram was doing. But guess what? He wasn't supposed to because he's in a different situation. He's the Av that's never going to leave Eretz Yisrael. He's a different type of Av. They're all prototypes for all of us. But what's the message? Obviously, Yitzchak was a Hemshech of Abraham. Obviously, Yoshua was a Hemshech of Moshe Rabbeinu. But it has to be the Hemshech, explains the Big Feyatzon, explains Rav Shechter. We have to be a Hemshech. We have to be Yagiyu Masai. And then he has the beautiful formulation. Again, we're not going to read it all. We discussed this years ago. That we have to make sure you can be a Machadish, but you can't be a Mishaneh. To be Machadish, new applications of Torah, but using the same principles of old. Not a Mishaneh, not a changer, but a Machadish. That's where he quotes on line 11. He quotes our Medrash, Masi Yagiyu Masai, Masi Avosai, Talashin Yagiyu, Denokar Bal Medrash, Lomi Lashin Lahagiya, not to reach, Elamilashin Nigiya, Sha'av Sha'i Efshala Adam Lachakos Tamid is called Adagos Vakal Darki Rabosav. We're not supposed to. We have to figure out what the Torah wants in each and every generation. There are other examples, but this is uh, the expanded idea. Again, the Shemi Shmuel says, 
we have to be a hemshech. We have to continue, and in that way we could open up this chus avos. Rav Shechter goes one step further here and say, explains that maybe sometimes it's dafka being a hemshech and not and not being a magia, but just a nogeya. Okay, two other thoughts for uh, for this year's for this year's shir. The end of the uh, section, Perak Yud Beis, Pasig we know the night of the Seder and the night of Yitzhiya Mitzrayim has a special name. Special name for it. Says the Torah, Leil Shimurimhu Lashem. It is a guarded night. Lahotziyah Me'eretz Mitzrayim. Hu alayla hazel Hashem, Shimurim l'chol b'nei Yisrael l'darosam. It is guarded forever. So question one, this relates to a little bit what we spoke about earlier, but what's the emphasis that it's shamur l'dorosam, forever? The emphasis, it's shamur forever for generations. First point. Second point, why doesn't it just say lel shamur? What's the double lashon of shimurim? Lel shimurim hu lashem, lahotziyam e'eret mitzrayim. It's guarded, it's not double guarded. What's lel shimurim? What's the double guard? So just a short thought that the Nachlas Svi, according to this, it's a, it's a Rav from, uh, I think, the New York. He was Nifter in 1947, or Misholem Gross. He wrote a say for the Nachlas Svi. So there he quotes, what is Shimurim? So we know Rashi quotes Shomer, and based on the Gemara in Psachim, Shomer Menamazikim. Shomer Menamazikim. Explains the Nachlas Svi, based on the Medrash. We know that the Egyptians were extremely skillful magicians and sorcerers. And they put a lot of spells. They had a lot of spells in their power. They could do a lot. Explains the Medrash, and the Nachlasvi expands upon it. We know that, let's put it in physical terms, sometimes when enemies want to leave and make it difficult for the uh, uh, armies coming in, they'll put minefields. They'll put minefields so you can't get there. You can't get out. Even if we're going to fall, you're not going to get out. The Egyptians put spiritual or metaphysical, better word, minefields, so that the Jews couldn't get out of Mitzrayim. Right? They said, leave, 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 but you think they really wanted them to leave? Explains, based on a Zohar, line 5, the Zohar HaKadosh, Kama kishurin v'kamek shafim avdu mitzray la'asirehon di'ishtabdun bahon la'alma v'lo yafkin l'cherusa. Explains the Zohar, there were so many traps that was set. There was only one way to get rid of all these traps. HaKadosh Baruch what do we say in the Haggadah? Anivalo Malach, Anivalo Saraf. Hashem Bechvodov Atzmo came. And in a moment, no, that's it, done. All of the spells and all of the incantations and all of everything. Lachena Yitzarach, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Bechvodov Atzmo Yavo Shama. Kemo Dechsev, Anivalo Malach, Anivalo Saraf. Bechdei, Sha'al Yedei Ha'ar Hagadol, The Great Light of the Ein Sof. Because when there's so much light, right, there's, there's the, any darkness, anything from the dark side just melts away. As we know by when Mimosa Mashiach, Yishayahu Anavi says, when Mashiach comes, the sun and the moon are going to pale in the, in the comparison to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We think the sun is bright, it's going to be nothing. It's going to be like a, like a, like a darkness. If the, so that, that's what the Nachlasvi says based on the Zohar. HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes, it's all done. So that night HaKadosh Baruch Hu came and got rid of all the mazikin. 
So that, as we explained before, once something happens once in history, that power is left forever and ever. But that's why this light is Shimurim. It's Shamur then, but it's Shamur forever. It's Shamur forever. Second to last line. Through this light, through HaKadosh Baruch Hu getting rid of the mazikin, the demons, the spells, that first generation, forevermore, plural, it is there, Lodorosam, and that's why we have different minhagim about the, the leaving the door open and the opening the door. Well, Shimur, I'm not saying uh, all the extra paragraphs with Amapil, right, on the night of the, on the night of the Seder. That's Lal Shimurim, and that's the Zohar. Kaddish Baruch Hu Dafka came, Bechvodo Okay, one final thought, which is an obvious one, which has been said by other Mepharshim, but this year we'll see it through the eyes of Rav Mordechai Eliyahu. So Paro gets up. Paro gets up, says, Perak Yudbeis Pasag Lamed, Makas Bacharas, Vayakab Paro Laila, Hu Vachalavadav Vachal Mitzrayim. He gets up, and we all know the famous children's song, Paro in Pajamas. But let's think about that for a second. It's one of the most amazing psukim in the entire Torah. There are a few psukim that are very underappreciated and underrated psukim. Similar to the Pasik that we have by the Akeda, Vayashkem Avraham Baboker. But here we have it by Paro. Vayakam Paro gets up. What's going on here? He was in his pajamas. Paro didn't even think that there was a chance that anything exciting was going to happen tonight. He got into his pajamas like any regular night and he went to sleep. Vayakam Paro Laila. Paro got up. The Rav Mordechai says that when he was uh, in Yerushalayim, there was an elderly Jew that used to hear drushes from the Benishchai back in Baghdad. And he said, he said this over in the name of the Benishchai. His name was Ramanash Shalu. He quoted this, he gave this drasha. There were nine makas already. You didn't think there was a chance. You didn't think there was any little possibility? Pyro slept like a baby the first half of the night. He was fine, calm. It was great. He was, he didn't even think there was a Havamina. That's serious, Akshus Peh, Akshus Lev. That is serious, Amkshe Oref. That wasn't the Yam. But that was stubbornness in a strong way. He doesn't even think there's a possibility that the Makas, that Makas Bacharis would come true. That's an amazing ability. Sometimes we think that somebody doesn't believe, even when somebody sees something in, the, with their, in front of their eyes, and they're like, you don't see it? You don't see it's a miracle? You don't see it? But if somebody doesn't want to believe, they can convince themselves of anything. There were nine Makas. Everybody see, his, his whole nation is screaming at him, let him out. Paro goes to sleep. Vayakam Paro Laila. And that didn't, and even after Makas Bacharis, we know it didn't last long. What happens in next week's parsha? They come to the Yamsuf, they come to the island, and all of a sudden, they see the most unbelievable, miraculous event that we saw as a nation. Kriyas Yamsuf. And what does Paro do? He's not stunned. He leads his people. Let's go into the Yam. Let's follow them. Because that's somebody who doesn't even think that there's a chance. If we don't want to believe, then we could see the greatest miracles in the world, and it won't convince us. 
And on the other hand, he explains, Lumas Paro, on the other hand, what about the Jews? What about the Jews? It was a long process. We didn't know. We didn't know what we were going to do. But remember what happened the last night? We had packed our bags the night before. Because it might happen. Do we know for sure? It's been 210 years. We don't know for sure, but you know what? Let's pack our bags. Let's put on our belts. Let's eat everything with our sneakers on. Let's be ready. You know, it can't hurt. Can't hurt. We didn't, they didn't have matzah ready. They didn't have, they didn't have chum, meaning they didn't have the dough ready, but you couldn't make it earlier. But that is a clear contrast between the behavior of Paro, explains the Ben Ishai, and the behavior of Moshe. And our message is, we can see HaKadosh Baruch Hu in many different places. We have to make sure not to be blind to see the Yad Hashem in front of us. And Ben Hashem, we should be zochet to see all the messages that come our way. Okay, we'll stop here.